0: Welcome to the Australian Hiker Podcast, Australia's longest-running hiking podcast downloaded over three-quarters of a million times in over 160 countries and providing you with an Australian perspective on all things hiking. We're your host, Tim and Joel Savage, coming to you from Nunnawal and Nambry Country.
1: This is episode 249 of the Australian Hiker Podcast. And in this week's episode, we bring you the first half of the recordings we made it at the recent trade show the Australian Outdoor Adventure Expo in Sydney just recently. We hope you enjoy. Before we get into today's episode, if you'd like to help support Australian Hiker and this podcast, there are a couple of ways that you can help us out. Firstly, by subscribing on your podcast host of choice, so that each episode is available as soon as it's published, and if you have the opportunity, leave us a five-star review. Another way to support us is go to the Australian Hiker website at www.australianhiker.com.au and click on the supporters page and buy us a coffee. You can do a one-off donation or become a monthly supporter. All donations are greatly appreciated and help us to continue producing this podcast and blog. Now let's get on to today's episode. On the 1st and 2nd of March 2023, I had the opportunity to head up to Sydney for a face-to-face industry trade show. This is something that I'd been doing for a number of years, and due to the impact of COVID, the last time I actually attended a face-to-face show was in 2019. 2020, 2021, and 2022, these episodes were recorded remotely, so it was good to actually talk to people in the flesh and to touch and uh, and handle the new gear that I hadn't had the opportunity to have a look at. In these recordings, we'll hear from the individual suppliers and manufacturers. At the end of each interview, I'll go through and do a quick summary of my conversation with each of the industry suppliers uh, and talk about some key things that were raised uh, during our discussions. Next week, in episode 250, we'll bring you the remainder of the interviews from this uh, expo. All right, it's day one of the Outdoor Adventure Show in Sydney, and I'm here with Claire from Campus Pantry. Claire, thanks for taking the time to talk to us.
0: Nice to meet you, Tim, and um, yeah, good to see you at the show. All
1: right, so tell us about Campus Pantry. What's new this year? And and, and I, know, I know looking at the stand just now, you've got a lot of new product online. So... What, tell us a bit about what's what's new.
0: So we're just, we've just landed two of our new meals in the Expedition range. So we're about to have five meals in stock um, for that new range.
1: And I'll, and I'll back you up a bit there. Now, So what's yep. the Expedition range?
0: So the Expedition range is a range of meals that are cooked in Tassie, real ingredients, real meat, real veggies from Australia, um, put into a vac-sealed nitro flush um, military-style pouch, I guess you could say, Um, And these, these meals are single serves and they are for people definitely going on serious trips or people that are looking to reduce the weight and the packability of their product in their bag. I must admit,
1: certainly from my perspective, when I go on long-distance hiking, the the limitation of what I carry in my pack is the food volume. Exactly. And and, and certainly a a bag of food for a day takes up a bit of space. And if you're doing 10 or 11 days, it takes up a huge amount of space. Yep. And looking at these little vac Seal packs, they probably look at probably maybe half the size of uh, a normal
0: non-vacuum seal product. Actually, AJ has touted these as almost as big as a large mobile phone. Um, So once you take the actual card off, the top that has the instructions and the beautiful picture on the front, um, you'll end up with uh, still a sticker that gives you all the ingredients on the product and also how to reconstitute the packet as well. Um, And it has all the other allergen information and everything. So once you take the card off, it does really reduce down to a really small bag. Um, So the beauty of it also being vac-sealed and nitro-flushed is you're getting at least a five-year-plus shelf life on the product so that's a huge advantage for someone who does a bunch of trips and just has lots of gear in their cupboard and wants to pull out some stuff you know you don't have to really double check the date on these things they will last a long time as long as the bag hasn't been compromised and punctured um yeah
1: I think the thing that um, I find as well is, um, you know, as you say, you can take the, the pretty sales cardboard off them, yeah, uh, and, and just throw them into there, and you know what you're getting. It's not a matter of saying, well, what, which, which meal have I got? This is this brown bag and nothing else.
0: And it's not fine printed. You can see from looking at it, it's got our brand on it. It's got the name of the product on it. Um, so there's everything there that you need. So we made sure that was something we put on the on the pack. <laughs> um, and so, in terms of other questions that you have, do you have anything on the quick?
1: No, that's certainly it. I mean, certainly from my perspective, trying to save volume and bulk in a pack Not so much weight, but just the volume and the bulk has been a big big issue for me over the last few years, so these all certainly do well.
0: Actually, I will point out, so in terms of being a real serve, so you'll notice when we're looking at it together, you've got 380 grams worth of product once it's reconstituted or 400 grams, depending on the meal that you choose. So it is really a true, proper serve, rather than being something that's tuned down to sort of 80 original grams, which turns out to be a lot less. Yeah. now, we do have five in the range. So we've got Indian chicken pilaf, chicken cacciatore, spicy Mexican beans, cauliflower pedal, and one of our most popular ones, penne bolognese. So we've started off with five great meals, um, yep. two vegetarian options, um, so which is always important because there's plenty of people out there that don't necessarily want meat in their meal. So yeah, um, it's pretty good. Um, we also have samples of our newest product um, which is freeze dried ice cream so that's definitely going to get some buzz we've already had a bit of buzz this morning Um, so that's, we've partnered with um, Van Diemen's Land Ice Creamery which is out of Launceston, or sorry further out of Launceston um, and they are doing premium ice cream um, from their premises and so we've partnered with them to use their ice cream base to turn that into a dessert for our range. So we've got three flavours in that which is chocolate, um, whiskey cream uh, and then uh, pepper berry and leatherwood honey. So we're trialling those at the show. We haven't actually taken first orders for those so we're gauging some um, feedback from the retailers and then from there we're going to definitely um, produce that product. It'll come out more like I guess you could say a crumb Um, then it will be um, there won't be a bar or anything we would have to put that into a mould to do that Um, but we've been talking about great ideas of sprinkling it on other desserts that you might have Um, you could make an affogato in the morning with the really tuned down crumb in the bottom of the bag but you'll end up with a nice little biscuit but once you leave it in your mouth, it actually really does taste like ice cream. So you kind of let it sit on your tongue um, and you'll get the full flavour of the beautiful ice cream. So.
1: I remember talking to AJ about this toll In fact, it was about middle of last year and he was just starting to talk about it at that mm. stage. So it yeah. shows how long a, a lead time is it is to develop, particularly a new product like that rather than Definitely. just a, another meal product.
0: Well, and also when you talk about food, there's obviously all the back end stuff that needs to be thought out in terms of, you know, allergens um, what people want in food which these days is quite tricky because there's um, people are very particular about the food they eat which is fantastic which is why Campus pantry is such a good choice because you know you're getting real ingredients um, you know you're not getting a bunch of preservatives and it's very clear on the packaging and the same you know partnering with someone like um, van diemen's land who do just a premium ice cream which is exactly what people want so yeah
1: Now, I believe also over the last year you've got some new breakfast options as well.
0: We do. We've got our um, porridges that we do. So we've got um, with the hemp seeds. So there's two options in that range. So there's the um, porridge with apple, banana and hemp. And then there's the porridge with apple, blueberries and hemp. So these are the hemp hearts that a lot of people will be seeing in the supermarkets now um, in the health food aisle. And in terms of um, the energy that you get from those, that is the, the big kicker. So you're getting quite a bit of protein in, in that and also your dietary fibre. Um, and in terms of sugars, it's pretty good. It's not, it's not too much. Yeah. Um, and obviously the freeze-dried components being the, the fruit um, as well. Um, but that's a really hearty breakfast. And again, it's a pretty generous serve for breakfast. So, yeah, um, people are... Taking those up, definitely. All right. I love them.
1: I know AJ's given me a couple of these these to try out, and they're, they're, so they're sitting there in my testing bench, re- ready to go at some stage. I'm so. a real porridge
0: <laughs> person in the morning, so I, uh, these are fantastic for me. I love them.
1: I must admit, I used to be a real porridge person. I've just got <laughs> I've just gone off cereal lately. And, ah, you know, okay. uh, after all these years, so it'll be interesting to see if they can they can coax me back into to having them as a breakfast option.
0: Well, I've so in our expedition range, which we are trialling on the stand, actually, we've got our spicy Mexican beans. So we've been talking. Already now, this does have rice in it, but quite honestly, I love beans for brekkie. So that's the other thing. Thinking about the savoury options that you can eat for brekkie, um, you know, and there's lots of other choices that we could probably make for meals that could lend itself to brekkie as well. I must admit, I like a bit of nasi goreng, and I would definitely eat that for breakfast. So we're yeah. looking at. Other meals that could translate to either lunch and brekkie as well, Um, but the spicy beans is a really good one.
1: Now, I think from memory, AJ mentioned that that can be eaten cold as well as hot. Is that right?
0: It can. So with any of the meals, truly, you could actually reconstitute most of them pretty easily with cold water. It will just take time. So it'll take a lot longer for it to reconstitute with the cold water than it will with the hot, for obvious reasons. So the hot water will just seep right into all the gaps that have been left from the freeze dry process um, and reconstitute it a lot quicker. Um, But you can do it. And we have our lunch range, so the tuna salsa, the tuna spread range, which is done with cold water. So you can definitely reconstitute meals with cold water. It just won't be as palatable for some people, depending on what the meal option is. Yeah, Yeah, no, that's fair enough. So... um, yeah, uh, in terms of new meals, and in one other category, we also do have, coming online within, say, about two months, our premium dinners. Now, these will be done in our original gusseted bags that we have, and these will be freeze-dried components with a spice mix. So what that will mean is we'll end up with another meal range that will be price-pointed. Um, so we're looking around about the $12.95 for a single serve um, and sixteen ninety-five for a double, Um, And those meals will be the same process. You will add hot water to the meal, um, but it won't be a pre-cooked meal like our expedition range. It will be freeze-dried components that will be mixed together and will still be um, a hearty meal. So we've got um, Indian uh, curries and we've also got beef curry as well. And we'll be doing those in singles and doubles. Um, So that will be a lot more affordable for the person that's just going out for the weekend they're not so worried about so not so worried about the space that they've got um, and the other untapped market for us is definitely the full drive market so in terms of having something that you can chuck in the camper that you have or the caravan or people just going full driving with their tent um, those people I think this range is perfect for as well so that our pantry items I personally we've got three kids we take the kids away and I use the pantry range to to um, up so to speak any other meal that I might be creating for the kids Um, and that's a really great option we go on long trips so when you're getting into your second week and you don't have fresh fruit and vegetables available um, that's where I bring these out so we've got a camper we keep them in the cupboard in the camper and then we can just mix it up and make meals that we need on the fly so um, yeah we kind of cover everything
1: I must admit, as a, as a hiker, I, I love my food and I love cooking. I hate cooking on trails, so boiling water is the is the limit of my my on trail <laughs> cooking. Uh, so this is
0: perfect for you. We've got lots is. of options. It is. It
1: is. <laughs> Yeah. Great. All right. Okay. So apart from the uh, the meal options and things like the uh, the freeze dried uh, vegetables to make meals, yep. what else do you, you guys go, go go through and carry as part of the part of the campus pantry stable?
0: So we actually partner with um, Forager Fruits. Um, you'll, on our website, you'll be able to see the range of uh, fruits that we have in our shippers. So they do come in packs of six or eight, depending on the fruit that you buy. Um, and and at the consumer end, we are actually selling them now in full shippers. So you'll get six or eight packs of fruit that you can take out the trail or just snack on at the office (laughs) Um, we're adding to that um, cherries so that's a fruit that we haven't been doing in our range Um, that will come in a pack of eight and then we're also adding two um, mild cheddar and uh, tasty cheddar Um, so they're little packs of cheese Um, all of those retail at 395 Um, and they're just a nice little snack component that you can have we've got our dips in our range already so they will the cheese will and the fruit will definitely complement those so you can even do a bit of a little tasting plate when you're out and a lot of people have like a little chopping board or something that they use just kind of spread out their food if they're preparing food so yeah tasting plates are all the rage (laughs) so adding a few components to that i think it's really clever Um, We've also got our new trail mix that we've just launched online as well. Um, We're talking about that at the show. Um, So we've actually got a range of um, snacks, uh, almonds, trail mix, um, chocolate-coated freeze-dried strawberries. Um, So there's six um, different products in that range. So when you hop online, you'll be able to see all those um, available to buy.
1: Now, just going back to the cheese, you've always done bulk cheese correct um, yeah so is this the new small snack packs just a smaller version just a... so
0: this is something that forager has already done in their range and we just haven't had that available on our site so we've decided to um because we're broadening um definitely the snack and lunch category um to have more options because isn't really when you look in the market there's not a huge amount in the sort of lunch sort of snack category so um bolstering out that range i think is really yeah, it makes sense. Um, so, yeah, I, the cheese. I must
1: admit, I, uh, I tend to get a, um, a, a the, the, the larger bag of Campus Pantry cheese uh, and that does me for lunch for two days. Um, wow,
0: you like cheese, hey? <laughs> I do like
1: cheese, and, it, and I think because, the, ch- the, the, ch- because in the in the freeze drying process, the cheese flavour concentrates. It certainly um, does, yeah. Uh, and it, 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 it's not just a bland, mild cheese. It's actually quite a, a, a not sharp, but it's a, it's a quite a tasty sort of
0: cheese. So. Yeah, well, I think I think um, the mild cheddar and the tasty the tasty cheese will be a good combo because one of them is a little bit stronger than the other. So um, yeah, but they're nice little snack packs yeah. that people can just chuck in their bag and share yeah i'm a bit of a cheese fan All
1: right.
0: <laughs> and that, that pretty much is the entire range for now but yeah definitely um follow it closely because there's more to come
1: okay yeah. so we've been talking to claire from campus pantry thanks very much for taking the time
0: thanks Jim nice to speak to you.
1: so that was our interview with claire from campus pantry campus pantry is a, a company we've been a big fan of from for since we've started off australian hiker in 2016 and they're just uh, forever increasing and improving and changing their range to make it better and better. Now, we briefly touched on the expedition meals last year at this time when we did the industry interviews, but at that point they hadn't yet been released onto the market. So over the last few months in particular, uh, that range has now come onto the market. And uh, I think one of these sort of things that people often ask is, do we need another range of outdoor meals? Uh, and then the case of Campus Pantry, what they're doing is they're providing different tastes, but they're putting them into a packaging that hasn't really been seen uh, or readily available at least in the on the uh, the retail market, and that that's in sucking all the air out of the packets, which has two effects: one, it increases the life and turns them into a five-year shelf-life product. Uh, but from my perspective, I don't I don't keep food that long, so it's not an issue. But really, I find that the biggest issue I have with pack and carrying stuff on long distance hikes is the bulk of the food, as opposed to the weight of the food. And as Claire mentioned, that this you know really does pack down to a, the size of a large mobile phone, uh, and I will say large mobile phone here, but it is very very small. So. I know that when I am packing for long distance hikes, uh, the difference between sort of four to eight to twelve uh, days worth of food is is often set by the meal, uh, the main meal of the day, uh, and getting that into as small packet of, uh, as possible makes a big difference. And currently there's five in the range and that includes two veggie options, which makes a, make it useful for everybody. Freeze dried ice cream was also mentioned, and this is again something that uh, I talked to AJ about last year, and it's it's taken a year to sort of really get to the stage where it has. And they've got three flavors, and I, in 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 order, I tried the chocolate first, and it was good, but it didn't really excite me. Then I had the whiskey cream, and at that stage, I thought, yep, this is it, this is the this is the pick of the bunch. Uh, it's a nice creamy sort of taste. It really was nice. And I tried the pepperberry and leather honey and initially I thought, yeah, it's okay, but it creeps up on you. It is really nice. And I think for me, that is the pick of the batch. Uh, I've actually got some uh, to taste test uh, in 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 real life uh, and a bit more than just having a small snack at the, at the show. Uh, and I'll get Jill to see what they're like as well and see what she thinks, uh, but I'll talk about those more specifically once I've had a chance over the coming weeks just to have a bit of a taste and see what uses they can be put to but I think it really will do well on the market it's you know if you just treat it as a snack or as an add-on to other meals or desserts I think it'll do very well. Porridges were two new products that have come onto the market for them uh, and the apple banana and hemp hearts and the apple and blueberry and hemp hearts we've just released the apple banana and hemp heart review on our website uh, and as I mentioned in the I'd gone off cereal and porridge in particular but I think I can be persuaded in carrying these at least for some of my breakfasts on hikes you know the banana variety that I tried first up, Yes, you can definitely tell it's banana, but it's not overpowering. Unlike a lot of other uh, porridges or breakfast meals, uh, it's got enough sweetness to be pleasant without being sugary and, un- and unpleasant. And it's just got a nice taste and it is loaded with calories, loaded with protein and loaded with fiber. So as a an all-round meal option, these will do very well. And finally, we talked to Claire about their increasing their range of snacks, including uh, small cheese snack packets. Uh, And as mentioned, I normally do carry a large bag of their cheese, which does me for two lunches. Um, Very good uh, and easy to eat and provides lots of calories. And I can eat that very, very quickly and easily and keep on walking as well. So I can either sit and stop or, or eat as I go. So I think Campus Pantry have taken the view in what they're doing by producing uh, things that are different, things that are tasty, uh, and as I said, I'm a big fan. So have a look at the uh, images on the show notes uh, for this and the other uh, interviews that we're doing and keep an eye out for the product reviews uh, for these, uh, these new products in the coming weeks. Now let's get on to our second interview. Okay so we're talking to Ross from Cedar Summit. Thanks for taking the time to chat with us.
2: Pleasure Tim, thanks for having me. Again.
1: All right, so what's uh, going on with Cedar Summit? Anything new and exciting or anything that it's worthwhile talking about that people should know about the product line?
2: Always always plenty worthwhile talking about. Um It's a nice timing, I suppose, to show for us this year. So it coincides with us sort of just going to market right now um, with a a total category flip for us, for our our storage category. Um, Something that we've been playing in for quite a long time. Um, Yeah, exciting to be refreshing it for for the market.
1: um, I remember last year we... uh... Uh, we were talking about the, the rebranding or the relaunching of the, the, the storage uh, bags and packs. So what's uh, I'm just looking at the wall at the moment, and certainly for me, the bags look very similar to what I'm used to, but the colours have certainly changed. Mm.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Colour is certainly something that we've taken a, a big look at. Um, and additionally, you know, if, if it ain't broke, why fix it? Um, no point in changing a product if it has been working really, really well. So... Um, a few other things too, uh, colour is important, um, we know it is bringing some consistency across the brand and leaning on our Australian heritage, um, You know, still sold in over I think it is 70 countries now globally we want to make sure people know we're Australian. But we've also taken this opportunity to look at a couple of other things, the fabrics, the materials that we're using, um, leaning into recycled materials where we can, uh, also the packaging too, so uh, moving away from PP into uh, curbside recyclable um, cardboard packaging, which has been really well received too.
1: All right, and uh, I think one of the conversations we had last year, you, I, I, I don't know if it, if rationalisation is quite the word mm. for it, are you still producing the ultra-sill uh, packs the really lightweight ones, or is it, mm. do they they still exist?
2: I think a lot of brands and retailers think about consolidation and rationalisation of ranges. I think for us, it's more about let's check where things are working. Um, and if I look at the dry bag range as an example, um, we had quite a lot of outliers, niche products that didn't really sit in the range too well. So it's simplifying it for everyone to be able to understand what suits their needs. Um, without taking away products altogether. So, you know, looking at the wool as we are, Tim, you know, we've got a ultra light, lightweight, heavy duty range now. There was a little bit, it was a bit messy before. It's now been simplified. And if you want a compression, well, you have that too. And if you want it to, you know, um, be light, like lighter weight in a stuff sack, there's those options. So yes, it's always considered consolidations and things. Uh, your question regarding the UltraSill day packs, yeah, still have them. Um, there was a couple of versions Did we need two? Probably not. We still do one. Uh, Again, a nod to moving to improved materials and improved packaging. Uh, Some of those new colours on the shelf there as well.
1: Okay, and what about the um, the tent range? Mm. Um, I mean, they, I noticed there's a, a slightly different looking tent that mm. I'm not used to here. Um, there's been a, a product that's been on the market for I think what three years now. A couple of years. A couple of years. Mm. Uh, but I mean, yeah, that that I think that sort of hit around the COVID time. So availability mm. was has always been an issue over the last couple mm. of years. So. Uh, What's happening with the the Cedar Summit tent range these days?
2: Yeah, we were really excited to launch uh, this category a couple of years ago. Um, But as you've mentioned, yeah, it coincided with with COVID and and supply challenges. And I think just to touch on that, supply, when you're manufacturing such premium products, um, gets impacted a little bit harder. Um, We have certain requirements in the quality of craftsmanship. Um, which is not easy to replace if you know, a supplier is short-staffed. Um, bringing someone in to suddenly start sewing a 15 denier fabric in a particular way is, is not easy. So um, tents globally uh, were impacted. We were, no, uh, we were no different. So it's been a bit of a shame that our launch, I suppose, into this category has been somewhat subdued. We are excited to now have you know, more stock in the Australian market of our full tent range that's been launched, so that includes the award-winning Telos Two um, and the Alto Tents. And the other tent that's in front of us here is a new model for this year. Uh, this is called the ECOS. It still has the same architecture and benefits of our existing range, so that is more space, which is really, really important, um, ventilation and versatility, to give you something that is really livable. Um, the difference is, it's easier to set up so it's um, fully symmetrical Um, they are slightly bigger as again so we have a two person and a three person Um, and this
1: one we're we're looking
2: here it's a three person this is a three person yeah We, we can easily fit four of our regular mats in there um we're not about trying to squeeze three mats in there high five and say great we've got a three person tent What does a three-person tent actually look like and need? We're not chasing grams or anything like that. It's got to be livable. Um, It's your home when you're camping. Um, The other difference that we've got with these is then just fabrics. So instead of um, some of the premium uh, siliconized uh, nylons, slightly um, lower spec, I suppose, but better suited to the target customer and as a result, um, slightly, slightly sharper priced.
1: Most of me looking at this I couldn't quite work out whether it was a three or a four person tent yeah. because it's a, it's quite a roomy looking tent inside yeah so,
2: um. I, th- I think I'm pretty confident to say especially in Australian market there's there's not a three person tent with the same amount of floor space uh, as this which is quite cool yeah no that's great from a to Summit perspective um we've got a few other additions I suppose to our storage range and and some exciting stuff we've revamped our existing dry bags uh, but we also took the opportunity to take a, st- to take a step back and say you know we, we're great we make these dry bags what if we try to make the most impressive dry bag um, and our design team work with a variety um, of different <laughs> industries too we, we do things with the military as well we have a lot of tech um, that we decided to put into one product So we're just launching, I think it'll be, uh, well, next week, depending on when the podcast goes live, I think early March, the the Hydraulic Pro pack, uh, which comes in 50, 75 and 100 litre versions. And this is our fully submersible IPX8 pack. Um, It is a super heavy duty hauler designed to keep your gear bone dry in any adventurous circumstance. You'll find your situation, I should say, you will find yourself in. Um, a sort of ha- halo or hero product for us to elevate that storage category. Um, we know full well it's not um, priced to sell thousands of units a year, um, but the feedback has been fantastic, um, and it's uh, yeah a bit of a testament to what our design team can can create when they put their mind to it.
1: Okay, yeah, no, they certainly do look good, and I'll get some photos mm. of those to include in the show notes so people can this, get an idea of what we're talking about mm. as well
2: yeah they 've uh, exciting um, good pack um, excuse the one that 's scuffed over there. Uh, it has done a very exciting journey with myself across Southeast Asia um, and performed admirably um, often on various boats and planes so um, yeah first hand experience uh, yeah I really really like it that 's about what 's new for Cedar Summit this year. Um, watch this space uh, I should say uh, there 's always always developments coming and it's it 's great being based in Perth um, and in Australia ourselves we We have an interesting situation where depending where you are in the office, uh, the teams are working on a different time frame and years. Um, If you were to talk to our global marketing team, uh, their language is 2024 and beyond. And if you were to talk to our design team, uh, they're talking 2025 and beyond. Um, Lots in the pipe, lots of really exciting category um, sort of developments. Um, Yeah, so stay tuned.
1: Okay, that's great. So we've been talking with Ross from Cedar Summit, a well-known Australian company that supplies a lot of accessories that people will be used to, but certainly expanding their range to include things like tents as well. Okay, thanks very much. Thank you. Cheers, Tim. So in talking to Ross, uh, his main area of control is the Cedar Summit storage range uh, as well as the tent range. And certainly there's some... um, some of the product, I suppose. I'm not saying it's new. Uh, the dry bags, the range has been rationalised. The colours they have come up with, as they said, reflect the Australian colours. So we've got ochre and some of the other similar sort of colours you'd expect of Australian brand, rather than just bright yellow and and bright green. Uh, and I think they, uh, the the colours do. I don't know. They look a bit more bit classier. So they've simplified the range. They've provided a, a, a point of difference so it's not so confusing. And I must admit, I have got a number of Cedar Summit storage bags. I've had them for probably eight years and they don't look like they're going to die anytime soon. So from my perspective, the only reason I'm getting new bags is I want some new colours uh, rather than I, I need a new product because the old stuff's worn out. The tent range, uh, as, as we mentioned in the interview, the tents have been out for a couple of years now, but try, releasing just at the start of COVID was when they came onto the market, made for supply issues. Uh, and now that seems to be resolved to a great extent and they've brought out their new ECOS range. If you listen to the interview, I was a bit confused initially about whether the tent they had there was a three or a four person tent. And it was actually, they're, being, they're selling it as a three person tent. And I think I probably would agree. I think it's one of the largest, if not the largest, three-person tent on the Australian market in relation to floor area for a hiking tent. It was a big tent, and I think three people could fit in there comfortably without jamming in. Obviously aimed at a sharper price point, as they mentioned. So as a family tent, it's probably not a bad way to go. And then getting back to the packaging again they talked about the hydraulics range and these were waterproof bags and coming in 50 70 and 100 litre sizings and if you're into a sport where you're on water or traveling near water and you've got to keep things dry these bags really are the way to go we didn't discuss price and i can imagine they are not going to be cheap but these are the, a serious waterproof bag for people who are really serious about keeping things dry. So probably not a hiking-related bag, uh, but certainly they will do the job very well and keep things ultra-dry, so particularly with you're carrying camera gear or electronics where you need to keep it dry or you don't want to get your clothing wet when, when you're in a, a canoe or a, a kayak, uh, these are an excellent option. Okay, so still staying with the Cedar Stomach Stable, We move on to our next interview. Okay, so next I'm talking from Alex from Cedar Summit, who's the brand manager for Mystery Ranch Pack. So this is a new range of packs into Australia over the last year. So tell us what's so special about Mystery Ranch Packs.
3: Okay, so Mystery Ranch is a pack brand out of Montana in the United States. Uh, What makes it particularly unique is basically they've Made their name on being the best load-bearing packs in the world. So people like the California Wildfire Service, the American military, the industrial sector—they are kind of—they're the kind of people that look to Mr. Ansh and go, like, we need you to manufacture our packs because of how good the harness systems are, the weight-bearing systems, the distribution of weight that they put into their packs. And what makes them so unique is when you actually look at the packs that are from the industrial and military sector, that technology and features they've utilized translate across to their consumer level packs, whether it be hiking every day, climbing, hunting, and they utilize these systems. So unlike uh, your regular day pack that you might buy just, you know, even going into the city that only comes in one size even a lot of their packs still come in small, medium, large, extra large. And within that, there's actually a harness system that can be taken apart and you can actually be like bespoke fit and cinch up everything to perfectly fit you because their idea is that this pack should be able to carry the weight you expect of it and it should be able to do it so do so comfortably and that also comes into their large format hike packs where there's you know there goes across small medium large extra large men's and women's and within that there is multiple sizing factors so basically it's you know one of their biggest features is size load distribution and also then the materials they choose to use so things like the buckles the harness systems the zips, so you got proper YKK zipping, Cordura materials. So much so that um, only last last two weeks, Dior, the you know the the European fashion brand, actually utilised Mission Ranch to create a collection of packs that are available through the Dior website because of Mission Ranch's uh, reputation in construction and material. So that's you know if if it's good, like they looked like if people in the military, industrial, outdoors trust it, and so do the fashion sector. You know they're doing something right and uh they're also huge their hunting their packs are known for being rugged well worth it well lasting lifetime warranties and they're, yeah they're built to they're basically the, as their saying goes it's built for the mission so everything they do is built to serve the purpose of carrying gear carrying it well and making sure that you do your job and do what you want it to do without having to worry about the pack failing
1: I must admit, when I first looked at Mystery Ranch about a year or so ago, the thing I couldn't quite work out is there are so many ranges or brands of packs on the market what was special about this because they they certainly didn't appear to be an ultralight pack Uh, but as you say, if they're designed, designed as load haulers they certainly look uh, look high quality, and they certainly have a lot of features on them, yep. uh, and they look like they're, they're, they would cope with that very well.
3: Oh, most certainly. Like these, they yeah, they're no, they don't make the lightest packs in the world, but they are sturdy, built to last, built to carry, and through a range of activities as well. So they're not limited to just hike. There's hunt, there's climb, there's everyday carry, and throughout those things it should serve you well.
1: Okay, no, that's great. So we've been talking to Alex about Mystery Range Packs. Thanks very much. My pleasure. So that interview was only fairly short, but it was was my first opportunity to actually touch and feel Mystery Ranch packs. And as I mentioned, I'd been aware of this brand of packs for a couple of years, and um, I was actually hoping to do an interview with them last year, and things just didn't uh, line up time-wise. So it was good to actually meet Alex and talk about the range. And as he said, these, these packs are really well known in hunting circles for their load hauling capacity. They are a very high quality pack, and just by the touch and the feel, you can tell they're well made, you can tell they're going to be durable, and you can tell they're designed to haul heavy loads as comfortably as you possibly can. So, while we're not, I don't think you're ever going to see thousands of these in the hiking trails around Australia, uh, I think certainly they do have a niche in the market. And if load hauling is what you're looking for, very good option. Okay, so now we're talking to Seth from Cedar Summit, and Seth, amongst other things, is the brand manager for Black Diamond, which includes the tracking poles and the headlamps. So, Seth, thanks for taking the time to chat with us. No worries, Tim. Okay, so in relation to the tracking poles, at least from my perspective, there appears to be new models or new appearance or new new looks to the tracking poles. So what's happening with the tracking pole range with Black Diamond, and what's coming up that's new and exciting? So from a trekking pole perspective, Black
4: Diamond have really looked at their end users and that users' uh, requirements and their catering ranges to service those users. So to take a look at the full range, uh, at the bottom we've got the trail series. So that's for your, your newcomer to trekking poles and outdoor activities. Um, and that then extends to the enthusiast. Then at the top of the range we've got the alpine series, which is a full carbon suite, Um Carbon Poles, pretty specialised, also pretty premium in price, so that's for the super fan of the brand, I guess. But then in between that, they've introduced a new series called the Pursuit Series. It's a premium uh, feature set on an aluminium shaft, so that's really for your, your customer who's the enthusiast without needing the very best in the market. Um, Black Diamond have introduced a whole lot of new updates to this range that you haven't seen in previous polls. So we're looking at materials that we haven't seen before, such as recycled materials in the wrist straps, uh, the foam in the grips. They're using bloom foam, which is made from algae. So there's a strong environmental story there. Taking a look at the Flicklocks, which Black Diamond are known for, they developed the Flicklock technology a number of years ago. We've got the latest iteration, which is the Flicklock Plus. So it's basically an alloy cam design with a rubber overmold, which then just makes a far more tactile and nice user experience. A little added feature is an inbuilt allen key in one of the pole shafts that you can use to adjust the tension on that flick lock as well. So if it's a little bit stiff, you can loosen it up, make it a little bit easier to use, or tighten it up if it's a bit loose. These poles also feature full-size flick tips on all of the poles and come with a trekking basket and a snow basket so they're really a multi-use pole so you can use them for general trekking snowshoeing or use on mixed terrain so across the range we have the pursuit shock which we're having a look at here uh, which has an inbuilt shock mechanism in the handle so it's a valve system so it's quite stiff um, and it doesn't have a pogo effect. right. So if you look at some other poles when you use them they're quite springy. This doesn't have that rebound shock which can just put a bit of stress on the wrist. So that's in the pursuit shock. Then we have the standard pursuit. Basically all the same features minus the uh, the shock mechanism but it does have a greater extension of that bloom foam down the shaft so you can grip it further down when you're on like steep terrain moving upwards or coming back down. Um, I should also mention that all of these poles feature natural cork grips, so much better moisture absorption, better heat management, etc.
1: So is Black Diamond still producing uh, tracking poles with the, the rubberised grips, or they're, they're something that's gone?
4: No, they are. So we do see the rubberised grips or a foam grip in some of the lower spec models. So featuring natural cork on all of the Pursuit series is just making that range more premium. And then finally, we have the Pursuit FLZ. So the Pursuit and the Pursuit Shock, they're a three-piece telescopic pole, which are super strong, really robust, but they don't have that compactability that uh, you can find in some other Z poles, which Black Diamond have become really well known for. So Pursuit FLZ folds down to, I don't know, the pack size would be about two-thirds of the size of a telescopic pole. So um, far more compact, uh, but at the same time offering really good durability because they have that heavier gauge aluminium, um, which is a wider diameter shaft than Black Diamond's Distance series, which uh, a lot of people probably know. That's our I know, best
1: I, I know and love
4: <laughs> our best-selling pole range. Yeah. Uh, so essentially, why you would go for a Pursuit FLZ over a Distance FLZ is it's just far more robust. So if you're a bigger person, if you're on really difficult terrain, or if you're carrying a heavy pack. You're far better off going for a pursuit because it's going to be more reliable and robust.
1: Yeah. So are they still producing the um, the, the distance uh, FLZ? Yeah, they are, and you know what,
4: they remain our best sellers as well. Yeah. So the distance is available in the uh, FLZ aluminium, so it's an adjustable length aluminium Z pole. Uh, then there's the carbon FLZ, an adjustable length carbon Z pole, and there's the fixed length. So the distance. Yeah. So that's just a 100% carbon. Just comes
1: in a fixed length size, uh, but very very light and very popular. I must admit, I do own um, two pairs of the FLZs fixed, one in one in carbon and one in metal, the yep. older ones. Uh, and I do like the carbons. They're definitely they're definitely my favourites.
4: Yeah, it's amazing when you do use a carbon pole, you feel the difference. The um, the vibration absorption in those is noticeable when you're using one in each hand. Yeah, for
3: sure.
1: Alright, now that's the tracking poles. What's happening with the headlight range for Black Diamond? Alrighty. Let me grab this. Come around this side.
4: So, in headlamps, Black Diamond this year have released some specialised products in the trail running market. So what I have here is the distance. Um, It's BD's most powerful headlamp in their range. So we're looking at a remote... Battery pack headlamp. So by that I mean the battery pack's on the back of the head, not inbuilt in the front of the housing. Uh, it's fully rechargeable, and um, we have
1: fifteen hundred lumens. Oh god, on max. So it's <laughs> yeah, on. that's pretty intense. Actually. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that's that's a pretty impressive light, that one.
4: Yeah, pretty bright. So that's on boost, and it will remain on boost for a period of time, and then it gradually fades back to a max output of 800 lumens. Yeah.
1: Well, even even 800 lumens, if that's the low power, is still pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah.
4: I mean, 800 lumens is more than most people need in a headlamp. Yeah. But, um, of course, it's got the same feature set across all black diamond headlamps, so you can dim the lighting down to a preferred setting. All right. So if you want to be running it at 200 lumens, totally fine. You also have red LED and proximity LEDs. Okay. So you've got flexibility
1: in it. So what's the, uh, the bat- we expect the battery life on that from you know, the, the greatest to the, we're ignoring off on red, but what would we expect to be a reasonable battery life on that one?
4: On 800 lumens, four hours. Okay. But it's made good. for the user who's using it regularly, charging it back up.
1: We've also got a um, red stroke on the back okay. for the runners. And I'm guessing, by the look of that, the fact you've just you've just detached the battery pack—that you know—if you, if you're really keen and enthusiastic and doing an ultra marathon or something, you could probably have multiple battery packs on there. Yeah, and that comes
4: as an accessory where you can buy additional. Okay. Yeah. Now we come around this side. Still on the running theme, but at the opposite end of the spectrum of that one is a super compact little torch called the Deploy. So this is using that integrated housing into the headband design. And you'll notice that it doesn't have a pivot in the, um, uh, the headband. Yep. So the idea behind that is when you're running, often the bounce and the motion of the running can see the pivot uh, jolts and so the, the housing drops and you basically have the light pointing at your feet. Um, to compensate for that, what this torch has is what they're calling a digital pivot. So there's three LEDs. One LED points forward, one points down, one points up. So when we turn it on and we cycle through the light, you can see the beam pattern changes where it's focusing. So basically that means that if you are running uh, terrain where you want to be seeing more in front of you, you can drop it down, or if you want to be seeing further ahead, you can pivot it up. Um, 300 lumens yep.
1: and fully USB rechargeable. <laughs> well, again, 300 lumens for a, for a light that you know, 10 years ago, or even 5 years ago, was pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they're still, still pretty good for that. And battery life on this one?
4: Uh, it's only a couple of hours on high, yeah. but still it's made for the urban runner, so they're getting out in the morning or at night after work or
1: whatnot, so two hours is plenty. It's all right, that's no, good. It's a good, good little life. So how much is this uh, little Black Diamond deplore lightweight? Uh, it's only 39 grams, Tim. Okay, that's no, good. So it's a, it's a fairly lightweight little bit, and it is a physically tiny little unit as well, uh, and the strapping on the back is uh, uh, an elastic... Uh, Material, so again, it looks like it'll be fairly comfortable to wear on the head. Yeah, all right. Uh, Anything else from Black Diamond that we can expect or that we're we're, we're looking forward to in the near future? Uh, yeah, there's lots of
4: very exciting things. Uh, some of which I can talk about, some of which I can't. But this year, uh, we have to complement the pursuit trekking poles, there's a pursuit pack range. Yep, so it's basically packs made to move with the body for that you know, fast and light hiker. Um, We also have an updated Distance Series running pack range. So they're super light run packs um, to complement, again, the run story that we're talking about here. Um, There's some new stuff in climbing, Um, some pretty specialised stuff in big wall. So big wall is a pretty niche aspect of the climbing market, uh, particularly in Australia, but Black Diamond have spent some time on that this year and we'll be seeing some new product there, which is really cool. Um, Had some sneak peeks into 2024, Which I can't really talk about now, but um, stay tuned because Black Diamond are working on some new stuff that
1: uh, it's going to be super different and really exciting for the brands. Okay, that's good. All right, so we've been talking with Seth from Cedar Summit, who's the brand manager for Black Diamond. Thanks for taking the time. No worries, Tim. Thanks for talking to me. So that was our interview with Seth, who's the Black Diamond brand manager. And Black Diamond, as as you would have heard listening to that interview, covers things like tracking poles, headlamps, climbing gear, for those people into climbing, uh, it's a well-known brand. The tracking poles have certainly been our poles of choice over the last few years, and I'm a big fan of them. Um, they, the new range of poles that are coming out look really good, they've been uh, gussied up, for want of a better term, uh, and they've got a lot of new features available on them as well. Uh, so they've released some new ranges in addition to uh, just improving the existing ranges uh, at the same time. Headlamps. Uh, headlamps, you know, they're producing one that has 1,500 lumens, and you literally can fry possums with that. Um, I must admit, I am used to my most powerful headlamp, uh, at the moment, is approximately 450 lumens. Uh, and while I've used uh, higher lumen lamps in the past, if you're trail running in really unfamiliar areas that have got that's got poor uh, visibility and you don't know what the trail is like, having something like a big 1500 lumen light is certainly something uh, worthwhile looking at. At the other end of the range is the deploy lamp, uh, and this was a tiny little unit. Uh, certainly not the smallest on the market, but comes close. Uh, and it's a nice-looking little unit uh, and uh, has a lot of features to offer for trail runners in particular. So, again, if you're into trail running, uh, certainly worthwhile looking at these lights. Okay, so that is it for our Sea to Summit uh, brand, our brands. Uh, and we now move on to our next interview with Allsat Communications. Okay, our next interview is with Ian from Allsat. And Allsat does uh, communications devices, including Spot and a few other brands as well that are well-known. So, Ian, thanks for taking your time to talk to us. Well, thanks for asking me, Tim. Okay, so there's a few brands that you deal with. Um, uh, we'll, we might actually go through them and just touch base on each of them. The first one is Spot. Uh, and certainly the device that's been... I won't say it's the the only device they do, but the one that's probably been uh, had a lot of interest in the last few years is the Spot X, which is actually a two-way communicator. So tell us a bit about that and how it's been going since it's been released in Australia.
5: Look, it's been out for several years now, the Spot X. The original Spot version is still out there. It's still being used, even Spot 1, which was in 2008. I bought that into Australia. But the Spot X is taking more market share because... It has a two-way ability, so from the device you can type and send a message and receive and read a message. With the general spots, it was only a one-way communicator, so it was only a message out, nothing back.
1: Okay. And um, as far as the Spot X is concerned, I mean, what are you finding people are using it for? Is it hiking, or is it is it bushwalking and camping, or what? What's the main use that people are, are putting it to? A whole
5: range of things. We're using it for lone remote workers as well as for wheel driving. But for the hiker, they can get out there, they can text people back home and see what the weather's going to do and ask questions and tell them where they're going to stay overnight. And it gives you the ability to have 13 preset messages. So you're not having to type from the device all the time. You can send a preset message and people can reply, email and SMS to you. Um, and also you can then type a message um, freehand, so to speak, from the device with a QWERTY keyboard or you compare it to your smartphone and tablet and do it through the
1: app and okay. Bluetooth too. Yeah, I must admit, I mean, that's always the thing that, that it's, I find interesting with any two-way communication device, that yes, you can use it through the phone, but if the phone dies, then you've got to use it back through the device, and how easy is it to use? Uh, and I think before we started this interview, we were making the comment that um, probably the best way, if you haven't actually seen a Spot X, it looks a bit like a BlackBerry uh, with that full keypa- uh, keyboard on it. Um, which I yeah. must admit, I did. I, I used to love blackberries when they yeah. were around.
5: <laughs> yeah, and it does look like a blackberry, and people refer to it as that. Yeah. And, it, and it's certainly a lot easier. A lot of people who aren't so tax savvy, savvy, is they can use the keyboard on it and not have to use the app and things like that. And you're not toggling between little letters and then pressing enter, like some devices have. Yeah. So it's, it's quite a simple device. The screen's quite big, so you can use that to see where you are, and you can navigate off that with a compass and stuff as well.
1: Okay, no, that's good. So the next brand is the uh, little Rescue Me uh, PL, uh, Personal Locator Beacon, or PLB. Um, how have they been selling? Are they still a, a, a good seller for you? Look, they are a best
5: seller. They're still the world's leading brand for personal locator beacons. 66 channel GPS, 7-year battery life, and they're only weighing 116 grams. So nice and light if you're carrying them in the bush. They have a neoprene pouch with a belt loop, or you can fit them into a life jacket. But certainly, they are market leading. We're um, over and above all the others for for size, the smallest, and also the specs, the specs on them are the best.
1: I must admit, when we bought ours um, uh, last year, uh, it was because of the size. It was just I wanted something small and compact that was also nice and robust, which they certainly are. Yep. Look, and the next biggest
5: size is ACR that we also do, but we don't sell as many for the the outdoor market of the ACR as we do of the PLB.
1: All right. Now, that was the next question, the ACRs. So where, why, where does ACR come into the market? I mean, it's another personal locator beacon. What's different between it and the, um, the little Rescue Me units?
5: Before Ocean Signal came on the scene, which is made in the UK, is the, the Rescue Me, um, or the ACR, used to be the world's leading brand of PLB. Now, ACR, over the years, have had a good quality product, the Rescue Link and the Rescue Link Plus. One floated and one floated in its pouch. And then what they realised that over the, the last sort of seven or eight years that the PLB ones are out, that they've lost market share worldwide. And they knew that they were going to lose the uh, contract to the US Defence um, that was coming up for renewal because um, they'd tested everything on the market and Ocean Signal was the way they're going to go, so the Ocean Signal PLB. So they decided if you can't beat them, you buy them. So ACR bought Ocean Signal from the UK. So ACR is still US-made. Ocean Signal is still UK-made, but the parent company is ACR. But ACR have four new PLBs on the market. When they first purchased Ocean Signal, they'd already had two in the making. It was called the Rescue Link, and which is the Rescue Link 400, and the Rescue Link View. Now, those are still a five-year battery life versus the PLB17. The difference is they are um, around about 30% bigger than the PLB1. They weigh more, they float without a pouch, they have a new design antenna that wraps around the outside. One has a screen and one doesn't have a screen. They all do the same function, where you press a button, it will send it to the emergency services, you will get rescued. They have flashing lights, they've added an IR strobe light to the devices these days. So as well as a white strobe, it's got an IR strobe. The rescue link view, All it has is a little digital screen on the front and it tells you that the message has been sent. doesn't mean that the message is, or you're going to get rescued any quicker. It just means the device has done everything it has done and it's gone. But everyone should be not concerned if it's going to get through. There's only five manufacturers worldwide of PLBs. They're highly regulated, so all these devices are tested and you don't get a license to actually produce them until they're reliable. So they're all, every brand, all reliable. But the Rescue Link... And the Rescue Link View, they're just a one way, they send the message out. Over the last sort of 12 months, ACR have also come out with two new models the Rescue Link 410 RLS and the Rescue Link View RLS. The RLS stands for Return Link Service. With the satellites that are up there, we've got them at around about a thousand kilometres above your head and some at about 35,000 kilometres above your head. So the LEO satellites and the GEO satellites. Now they've got ones in the middle, around about 15,000 kilometres, where all the GPS ones are, called MEOs, so Mid-Earth Orbiting Satellites. They, Those satellites that are used for search and rescue now have the ability to send a message back. So RLS, Return Link Service. So if you activate one of the RLS devices, someone up at AMSAR can press a button. I don't know how big a button that big that button is but I want to get a photo of it one day, hopefully it's a nice big red one that they're pushing, that will send a message back to you to say that the message has been received now on the one without a screen it actually is just a blue light with the one that's got a screen, it will actually say message received, they can't tell you any more than that that the message, but the message has been received, so it reassures you for that there is um, you won't get rescued any quicker, but it's more for the reassurance. But so those models they range in price from sort of three seventy nine up to five hundred and ninety nine, depending on what features and functions you want.
1: So I mean I think that's the thing with, with personal locator beacons uh, they 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 are a cheaper option than a two way communication device where you typically have a subscription service attached to them. Uh, but I suppose you're paying for what year.
5: Yes. Yeah, so with with a personal locator beacon. The definition of what you should be doing for activation is it's for grave room and in danger. My background is police search and rescue in Victoria. I was there for 27 years, most at search and rescue and some of the water police. Some people would buy a personal locator beacon, activate it for a flat tyre on their four-wheel drive or for a non-urgent thing. So that's where you've got to be aware that you're going to be activating everyone and everyone comes out, all the helicopters, all the bells and whistles to try and rescue you. You set a PLB off. So for an appropriate response, sometimes that's not it. Some people want an emergency response, and that's good. No subscription and no batteries or anything. But sometimes there's other things like the communicators that may be more appropriate for the activity you're doing.
1: All right. Now, I believe the ACR has also got a new device out on the market now. So tell us what that is and what's so special about that.
5: So it's the ACR Bivvy Stick. So it's gone into the personal satellite communication market like of some other brands, but ACR realised that there was a need for another product in there. So the bivvy stick it receives via GPS, the same as your phone the same as your car navigator but it's transmitting by the Iridium satellite system so they've got 66 satellites 800 kilometres above your head, so you get full global coverage, so regardless of north or south pole you're going to get your message out the device itself it only weighs 98 grams, comes with a little carabiner, you do need to pay a subscription for that but from the device, as a standalone, you can press a button to say you're okay, and you preset your messages where they go. Um, you can also go into live tracking from the device. You also have an SOS button. Now, the SOS on Bivvy, like on Spot and other communicators, they're monitored by third-party companies, but they have a memorandum of understanding between themselves and AMSAR and Canberra. So you will get rescued the same as other devices or a personal locator beacon that goes straight to Canberra. With the Bivvy Stick, you can also open up the app and pair it to your phone via Bluetooth. With that, you have the ability to now two-way text message to other people. You can also get weather reports. If you've downloaded maps onto your phone, you can now use it as a mapping device. You can also group chat between other people with the using, that are using InReach. You can also upload all your track logs and um, share them with the, the wider community of your adventures so they can... Know, replicate what you've done as well,
1: um, and are they available on the market now? They're
5: available on the market. The recommended retail is four ninety nine for those, and with a the subscription, there's um, a monthly subscription or an annual subscription that's paid in Australian dollars, and you get an Australian mobile phone number that people can text back to, that's attached to your account.
1: Okay, um, and roughly, what's the uh, what's the subscription uh, fee?
5: But with the bivy, you need to sign up for a minimum of two months on the plan. It's uh, around about the $50 mark, but that includes a lot of credits and things like that. After two months, you can either cancel your subscription or go down to a lower plan that's around about the $25 to $30 month. Um, which, but all your credits you don't use for all your messages roll over. So says while you're connected, you can continue. So if you don't have a trip one month where you don't use all your messages, it's not use it or lose it. It's keep it and use it later on.
1: All right, that's actually quite handy. I know with, uh, um, you know, it's, it's, it's like computer systems or mobile phones when they first came out that you, know, you, you had a big month one month and then you did nothing the next month. But um, you know, being able to average it out and roll it over if you don't use it, it's actually quite a handy feature.
5: Yeah, so a lot of users are buying it and connecting for those two months and then going to the lowest plan and just keep it ticking along with that because you never know when you're going out if someone asks you out for the weekend, four wheel driving or whatever. You know, quite often you will be out of coverage before you know it.
1: Now, what sort of battery is on the uh, the BD stick? Is it, a, is it a, 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 a rechargeable or is it a,
5: a long-life battery? Look, it's a rechargeable battery. It comes with a USB-C charger to plug into the bottom so you've got the cable. So with that, if you are in tracking mode and it was tracking every 10 minutes, it'll last for 100 hours. Yep. But if you're not moving, it's going to last even longer and if you're not tracking, it'll last for a significant amount of time. Yep. All right. Well, thanks for having me, Tim. And if anyone wants more information you go to allsat.com.au we can certainly help you out
1: okay thanks for that much appreciated and thanks for taking the time to talk with us so i'll be um, uh, putting the links in the show notes as well as some photos uh, and uh, the websites as well if you want more information on all these products So that was our interview with Ian from Allsat, and I find it really interesting that you think that just when they can't bring anything new out or they're pretty much done and dusted in what's available on the market, new products come out. So while the uh, Spot X has been out for a few years now, uh, it's certainly entrenched itself in the market, Uh, and I do like the idea of two-way communication devices rather than just sending an emergency signal. Um, even if it's not for an emergency, I just like to be able to send a message to say, hey, I've stopped for the night or I'm okay if uh, a family and friends are worrying about what's going on. So that's quite a uh, a good feature for any uh, hiker to have. The bivvy stick it was probably the thing that uh, most interested me out of this interview. And again, this is another small little product that's very, very light in weight. Uh, again, a communication device. Uh, and I think this will be a product that... Uh, will make an inroads into the market over the next year or so. and it, it is available on the market now. Uh, and I'm hoping to test this out over the coming months just to be able to uh, bring you a review on what it's like uh, to carry in the field. Okay, so now we're on to the last interview for t- uh, this episode. Uh, and that's with Speelian, uh, who we regularly catch up with. Good morning. It's day two of the Outdoor Adventure Show up in Sydney, and I'm here talking to Greg from Speelian whose company manages a number of well-known braid ranges. Uh, and the first one we're going to talk about is the Petzl range of headlights. So thanks for taking the time to talk. It was Greg.
6: All no right. Thanks, Tim. Uh, so I thought I'd just talk to you about uh, the new range of Petzl headlamps that's been uh, bought out this year, uh, and they've. The main advantage of these is they've actually upped the lumens on the uh, the current range. So the the iconic names, the Actic Core, Actic, Ticker, Tekina have all stayed the same, but the lumens have increased. Um, So what they do is they have three series uh, of uh, categories. One's called the Performance, one's called the Advanced, and one's called the Discover. Um, Firstly, in the Performance headlamps, uh, they have also a new headlamp called the Now RL, and the is uses reactive lighting, so it adjusts the amount of light it thinks you need when you're on a trail, trail running, um, and that comes out at 1500, lumens. Uh, then into the advanced series, there's a, a update on the Actic core. The Actic core headlamp is now 600 lumens. It used to be 450 lumens. And in, anything with the core name includes that core battery that is a rechargeable and saves over 900 AAA batteries over its lifetime. Um, From the Actic Core, we moved to the Actic, which is now 450 lumens, down to the Discover series. They've added a new one, and they've added the Ticker Core. So the Ticker used to be available just by itself, and you could add a core battery to it. However, this year they've now um, included the Ticker Core with a battery at 450 lumens, the Ticker at 350, and the Tekina at 300 lumens. Now, all of these headlamps, except for the Tekina, have a phosphorescent glow-in-the-dark Ring that uh, is shown at night after the headlamp's been on for a while, so you can find it in the tent um, to go to the toilet or something late at night. Um, They all include a lock function, so it doesn't turn on whilst it's in your pack. Um, And they all have a nice, easy-to-adjust elastic that's um, been changed for this year, so it's nice and easy to to centre adjust that. Um, All of these guys are in the market now and, and available.
1: Okay. What's, uh, I mean I know they're all new sort of lights but what's probably the, the main two or three that, that really sell well for hikers?
6: So the, the ones that sell really well for hikers is certainly firstly the Actic Core, uh, that's our number one seller uh, the advantage that it uh, does use a rechargeable battery uh, and you can also use three AAA batteries in that should your power source run out in the rechargeable battery um, the next one for us would be the Ticker uh, because that's you know at 350 lumens it's, it's a good headlamp, um, it in Still includes a uh, a red LED as well, um, and then the other one is the Tequino. That's a price pointed um, headlamp at, at usually at around 55 dollars.
1: Okay, I must admit I uh, I use the Active Core when I'm doing serious night hiking, so it's it's you know, it's interesting to see. I think mine was around about four hundred and fifty lumens, right. my old, uh, yeah. my older one, uh, and this one's now going up to six hundred. So that would certainly make a a big difference if you're trying to wayfind at night time.
6: And yeah, it does. The uh, in in the Arctic Core, it actually has two white LEDs, and that offers a flood or a mix beam, so you can you can see something nice and close to you, but also on the higher levels of light, it'll actually spread out and it'll it'll uh, shoot a much further distance for you. When the uh, the Tika and the Tekina have a single white LED, and what they do is they just offer a flood beam, so a little bit more localized light opposed to the distance.
1: Okay. And are these these newer lights all readily available through stores in Australia at the moment.
6: Yes, they are. Yep. they're all there
1: yep alright so what's our next range we're going to look at from here
6: so what we might do is we might wander down to the Thermarest and I will show you the uh, new NXT series in their Neo Air Mats so the new NXT mats uh, are an advantage that um, Thermarest have done some testing and they, they heard from customers and while the Neo Airs were fantastic to sleep on. They were a little bit noisy and uh, sounded like a little bit of a, some packets of chips that people used to sleep on and uh, used to obviously just dis- disturb some sleep. So their number one selling mat, the Neo Air X-Lite, uh, has now been uh, modified. They've put it into a sound chamber and they've now made it five times quieter than the previous iconic model. Um, and that's by... Updating the thermocapture, which is the the silver reflective material on the inside, and by um, updating that and um, reproducing it, it uh, is is what gives it its quietness.
1: All right, I must admit, I um I've owned uh, own or still owned in the past the XTherm and the uh, X Light. My wife certainly complains about the X lite but the X Therm, the older model, just didn't seem to be as noisy for some reason.
6: No, it, it wasn't as noisy, and certainly uh, Thermarest have indicated that while the Neo Air X lite is five times quieter, the Neo Air X Therm, uh, the percentage isn't as qu- uh, the percentage change isn't as different, and so that's why they haven't, I guess, put a number on it because yes, it wasn't as noisy initially um, than the uh, the X lite
1: Okay, and with the the change in technology and it's a new model uh what's happened with the prices on these have they changed much at all
6: look the, the the prices are certainly not particularly because of the change in the model that the price has gone up but due to uh raw materials and and all the other factors that go into making a, a thermoress mattresses the prices have increased uh, ever so slightly
1: and it looks like with both of these, they come in a range of around about six models in each. both the Xterm and the Exalate by the look of it?
6: That's right. So there's the tapered models, uh, the the tapered ones, and they come in uh, four sizes, a regular short, a regular, regular wide, and a large. And then there's the Max versions, and they come in two sizes. And they're for people who like the more rectangular mats opposed to the tapered versions, and they come in two sizes.
1: And it you know, certainly looks like there's a lot of extra room with that uh, not being tapered and nice being that large long rectangle so it's a, there's a lot of room on there for people who like their comfort
6: yeah there is a, a lot of room um and you just need to sacrifice by carrying it ever so slightly a little bit more weight opposed to having the the weight saving by the the tapered uh part of it with the new x-lite as well they've made it thicker than the previous mat so it's 7.6 centimeters thick uh which which is um yeah a little bit thicker than the, the previous model uh
1: and are you going to be carrying? the entire range of both these mats in Australia or are you going to target more the more popular ones?
6: No, these, will, these are an inline change so these will just uh, slip into uh, replacing the current existing ones and we'll be carrying them all.
1: Okay, so there certainly seems to be something for everybody uh, and I must admit, I having used the X-Lite for many years and only over the last sort of four or five months changed over to the X-Therm uh, I must admit I've been really happy with the X-Therm, it's a, it's a really nice mat but would also be happy to use the X-Lite as well.
6: Yeah that's right and look the, the X-Therm is, is a much warmer mat, it comes with, in with an R value it, it used to be 6.9, it's now a 7.3 R value so with the update in the ThermoCapture the technology it has made it a little bit warmer uh, so it, it does offer that, that warmth um uh, um, than uh, than a standard other air mat I mean the, the X-Lite is uh, it's a 4.5 which is it's a good you know 2 to 3 season mat and the X-Term is, is a great all season mat.
1: I think the X-Term from memory the new X-Term weight wise is probably almost down on the weight that the old x light was or close to it. Yes
6: it is, it is that's right it, it is very similar to what the old one is.
1: Alright no, that's good Okay, now something I've only just come across just recently, and this is more not because they haven't been around for a while, it's just I haven't noticed them. Uh, MSR do a range of little stove kits, which includes a uh, stove unit, uh, a little pot and a pot handle to make a, a stove unit that isn't integrated like the wind unit. So can you tell us a bit about those?
6: So these uh, these... Uh, stove kits as as they're known uh, include a a small half litre pot um, that'll uh, house a small gas canister, MSR gas canister and also either the Pocket Rocket or the Pocket, sorry Pocket Rocket 2 or the Pocket Rocket Deluxe you have the the advantage of of being able to have a Pocket Rocket um, in there which is nice and small and lightweight or if you wanted a regulated stove you can add the Pocket Rocket Deluxe and the Pocket Rocket Deluxe having a pressure regulator in there will make that gas canister last that little bit longer before it drops off.
1: Yeah, no, I, I must admit I just hadn't seen these until this recently and uh, they're, they're a nice looking little unit actually and particularly for, for silo hikers who aren't cooking huge amounts of water at a time, I think they'd, they'd have a good little place on the market.
6: It is, it's just it's something for the minimalist. just, as you say, just a one person just wants to take something away, have, it, have a kit that all nestles in nice and small, um, it's, it's the perfect item.
1: And by looking at it as well, it's got a um, a cup. I suppose you'd call it the clear
6: cup. It does. It's got a cup that nests underneath, and so it all nests together. And it also has some uh, some uh, a small pot lifter as well, so you can remove that from the stove.
1: Okay. And I think the weight between those isn't particularly heavy, is it? I think it was uh, two hundred and fifty odd grams. Yeah. So two hundred and eighty grams
6: it, for the uh, the standard Pocket Rocket Two kit, and the um, the Pocket Rocket Deluxe kit is about three hundred grams.
1: Yeah. Which is, which which does make them lighter than the. Inter- graded unit, yes. so it's a, it, for those that are looking at travelling a bit lighter, that's certainly an
6: option. It is, yeah, indeed.
1: Okay, so now we're looking at the Yuko range, and Yuko probably is not a brand that's as well known as a lot of other brands on the Australian market, and they, they mainly deal with the look of it uh, with lighting and Kitchenware.
6: Yeah, y- Yuko have been around for a number of years, and, and certainly their their legacy product is the Yuko candle lantern, and that's what everybody would know Yuko for. That that uh, a small candle lantern that has a nine-hour candle burn time. Um, but over the years, they have expanded into to other things. From uh, certainly most more rope, most recently is uh, sporks and utility tools, um, including some mess kits and uh, and some collapsible cups. Um, the most recently they've bought out uh, these with using um, recycled polypropylene and the advantage with, with using these recycled materials is that plastic, virgin plastic can usually only be recycled once um, and these guys have actually now producing a product that can be made out of recycled product and also has a, a, a food grade rating as well so it can be used for, for food such as the utensils, the utility sporks.
1: Okay, and we've reviewed the the UK utility spork in the past. One thing which I hadn't noticed before, they've got a, a range called the Switch utensil set, uh, and it's a spoon with a knife by the look of it, but um, or a, a fork with a knife, or a spoon with a knife, is
6: it? Or? So it is the spoon with a knife, yep, uh, and the the fork uh, the fork is just the fork. However, you can. Uh, uh, plug them in, join them together um, and make a long uh, pouch spoon as well so you can really get into those uh, meals, uh, those deep pouches in those meals and stir it up.
1: All right, and I must admit, normally when we've thought we've considered uh, sporks in the past, they've always been a spoon and a fork. And having a spoon and a knife is not a bad option. I, m- I must admit, for me personally, a spoon and knife is not something that would excite me. But the spoon and the knife is not a bad way to go.
3: Yeah,
6: because the the sporks, is, as you've identified, the the uh, the fork, uh, one of the blades on the fork usually has the uh, the serrated edge to, to cut some product, and so it's hard to hold it down with your spork and cut it at the same time. Yeah. and with the with the switch, which you have a fork being a fork and you have the other half which is the spoon and the knife so you can you can certainly cut some food nice and easily
1: okay that's great Okay, so the next range we're going to look at is the Storm range of cleaning and protection products, and we've reviewed some of these products over the last couple of years. So, tell us about the Storm range.
6: So, Storm um, most recently have uh, it's, it's all made in the in the United Kingdom, um, and they have most recently uh, produced some products where they use what's called a one wash cycle. So to be environmentally friendly to save water. And so the idea is you can buy uh, a, a kit which has a wash and a proofer in it and you put the wash in the detergent part of your washing machine and you put the proofer into the conditioner part of your washing machine. You put your breathable jacket, your breathable pants, any of your outdoor clothing that, that does need a, a wash and a, and a reproof, you put that in the washing machine and that'll do it all in the one cycle so okay. you don't actually have to you know, do it in two cycles and use two lots of water.
1: Okay, I hadn't actually thought about that. I must admit I'm, I'm still, I'm still a, a bucket and, uh, and, and rinse person. <laughs> right, okay.
6: Yeah, it, just, it does just make it a little bit easier for, for that. Um, and they also do a bunch of other gear for um, tent cleaning and proofing, and they also do some for footwear as well. So whether it's it's suede or, or smooth leathers, they have all uh, reproofing agents for that.
1: Okay, no, that's good. Okay, so we've been talking with Greg from Spelion about a range of products that his company carries. Thanks very much for
6: taking the time to talk with us. You're welcome, Tim. Thanks for joining us.
1: So that was our interview with Greg from Spelion. and Spelion as a company name may not mean a lot to people, but the brands that they carry are very well known. So brands like MSR, uh, Petzl, uh, and many others. I must admit, I uh, keep a fairly close eye on the industry. I am constantly looking at blogs and magazines and websites from manufacturers. And it it always surprises me that I still come across things I just wasn't aware of. So in particular, uh, the little MSR uh, pot kit or stove kits I just hadn't seen before. And they're just a nice looking little, very lightweight kit uh, for things that are 280, 300 grams uh, is is quite an amazing and quite a compact little unit. So I'm looking forward to having a play with those. I think I could almost be tempted away from an integrated unit, uh, but I'll see how they test out. The other thing that, that uh, again, it, it's it stuns me with things like headlamps that they can just make such rapid improvements uh, to the quality and the build and what they do. So, you know, I have a Arctic Core headlamp from Petzl, which I use for uh, doing serious night hiking. And my current model that I own is 450 lumens, whereas the new version, which looks at least uh, uh, substantially the same, um, has been improved dramatically and is now 600 lumens. They also produce a 1500 lumen light. Uh, And again, it's the sort of thing that uh, this light was aimed at the trail running community. Uh, So again, for those trail runners or those hikers who want a really serious light, uh, this is a good option. Although having said that, from a hiking perspective, you know, if you're planning on hiking for four, five, six hours, uh, you, you know you, you'll find that you'll need to operate them at a lower lighting level uh, or carry a second battery just in case. The Thermarest mats, again, uh, we've been ThermoS mat users for a number of years. And I've only towards the end of 2022 changed from an X Lite Mac to an X Therm. Uh, and that really was a cost penalty of around about 84 grams. But it was a quieter mat, it was a warmer mat. And I'm finding I'm getting more comfortable at nights sleep on them. But with the new range of mats and the technology being used, the new, new mats are lighter, uh, they're quieter. Uh, and they're also warmer as well. So again, it just stuns me that they they can come up with these changes uh, in what is a relatively short period of time. The final thing from Spelian that sort of really caught my eye was the Switch, uh, which is uh, basically a spoon and knife version rather than being a spoon and fork version. I must admit, I just don't get Sporks. Uh, with someone with a very large hand, Uh, they're just not functional for me but certainly for someone with a smaller hand uh, they work well but I do like the idea of a spoon and a knife particularly when it can be plugged in or connected to a spork to provide a longer handle implement Uh, so it's the sort of thing that uh, again someone's obviously thought that they don't like sporks either and come up with a a different even though they do produce them and come up with a, a different the variety or different option for people that, that want something slightly different. Okay, that's all for this week's episode. So part one of the 2023 industry interviews. Part two will be out in episode 250 next week. Uh, and as per usual, uh, I do recommend you follow along in the show notes because all the images and the links to these, these products uh, will be uh, gone through and placed in there just so we can see what they're like. And as mentioned, I'm hoping to do a lot of uh, reviews and tests of this product that we've looked at over the coming months. That's all for this episode. We hope you've enjoyed. Bye for now. This light was aimed at the trail money...